0: Tonight is study number 9 of Revelation chapter 20. and We're continuing to look at verses 7 and 8. And When the thousand years are expired, Satan shall be loosed out of his prison and shall go out to deceive the nations which are in the four quarters of the earth, Gog and Magog, to gather them together to battle, the number of whom is as the sand of the sea. Well, we uh, were looking at the first part of this verse concerning the loosing of Satan and his renewed ability to deceive the nations. He was able to do that up until the cross for thousands of years, over 11,000 years of earth's history. But then his uh, deception was constrained by God as the Lord bound him for the thousand years in order to establish the gospel, to establish the word of God in the world. And the word of God was established in the world. The laws of God became um, familiar to mankind and and as God the Holy Spirit constrain sin in the hearts of men, we found that where the gospel came, there was a respect for Sunday as God's Sabbath day. Or there was a respect for the marriage relationship because the Bible established the marriage institution. Or there was respect for life. There, there was respect for the commandments of God. And it began to reform the barbarians, to reform the heathen people of the world that had the witness um, only prior to that of the sun, moon, and stars as they declared the glory of God. But now came the written word. Now came the word that gave specifics and much more information and whole nations began to be transformed by it and to establish governments that also would uh, in, in many ways follow the dictates they had learned from the Bible as the churches came to the nations of the world and brought them out of the darkness into the light. It not necessarily always in salvation, because God still saved only a remnant, but he was instructing even the unsafe people on a proper way of living. For instance, it's the Bible that teaches husbands to love their wives. It's the Bible that teaches the wife to submit to her husband. And it's the Bible that teaches parents to raise their children with love and care and nurture and admonition of the Lord. And, and the Bible just brought tremendous blessing to the people of the nations. But comes the time of the end, the, the time that the Bible warned about, the, the time when judgment would begin at the house of God, the churches. And it was the churches that were instrumental, used by God, to establish His law, the Word of God, the Bible, in the nations. And now the churches were fallen away. And the Spirit of God in the midst of the churches departed out. And Satan entered in, again, with renewed vigor, to rule now in the nations and in the corporate church and, and he was loosed in order to deceive the nations all over the earth. And it didn't take long, just a few years and we, we find man returning to darkness, mankind returning to, uh, his his heathen past, and in the things that, that he does, with his music, with uh, the way he um, conducts himself, and turning away from the laws of God that God established through the churches. And, and so we find that the world, for the most part, has no concern about Sunday as the Sabbath day. It's like any other day. The world, for the most part, does not uphold the marriage institution. You can do with marriage as you wish. You can marry two, three, five, seven times. You can marry, if you're a man, another man. Or a woman, another woman. It, it, it's all immaterial to the world. They have lost the sense of respect and, and holiness for the Bible and for the commandments of God, the laws of God, and therefore they're returning to their former condition and to um, deceitful practices. You know, we're seeing this change right before our eyes and and we're seeing a people that has just lost the ability... To understand and, and to see the truth of, of what is very plain to the child of God and has been plain to the world itself for thousands of years. And, and now oh, it, they can't see it. They can't understand the morality. They, they cannot uh, discern or rightly Determine what is right and what is wrong, what is good and what is evil, because they've been given over. God says in Romans 1, He'll give man up to these things, and that coincided with the loosing of Satan and a renewed ability to deceive the nations. Well, here also in verse 8 of Revelation chapter 20, it it says, And shall go out, to deceive the nations or the Gentiles, which are in the four quarters of the earth. And it's a worldwide phenomenon. There's not a place in all the world where it it did not happen and, and has not been affected by it. And then it goes on to say, Gog and Magog, to gather them together to battle, the number of whom is as the sand of the sea. Well, let's take a look. At Gog and Magog. And the, uh, main place we can read about this is in Ezekiel chapters 38 and 39. Let's go back to Ezekiel chapter 38. And God devotes two whole chapters to Gog and Magog. And, and we wonder, well, well, who is this? Well, what uh, is the uh, point that God is making by referring to Gog and Magog at a time when he's speaking of Satan being loosed and deceiving the nations? Well, let's read from Ezekiel 38. And I'll read um, the first six verses of Ezekiel chapter 38. And the word of Jehovah came unto me, saying, Son of man, set thy face against Gog, the land of Magog, the chief prince of Meshach and Tubal, and prophesy against him. And say, Thus saith the Lord Jehovah, Behold, I am against thee, O Gog, the chief prince of Meshach and Tubal, and I will turn thee back and put hooks into thy jaws, and I will bring thee forth... And all thine army, horses and horsemen, all of them clothed with all sorts of armor, even a great company with bucklers and shields, all of them handling swords, Persia, Ethiopia, and Libya with them, all of them with shield and helmet, Gomer and all his bands, the house of Togerma of the north quarters, and all his bands, and many people with thee. Well, I'll stop reading at that point in verse 6. And let's first see where these names take us. Uh, The the names themselves are, uh, we know, Hebrew names or words that have meaning. But we're not helped so much with that, with these particular names. It says, again in verse 2 of Ezekiel 38, Son of man set thy face against Gog the land of Magog the chief prince of Meshach and tubal and it says it again in verse 3 at the end of the verse the chief prince of Meshach and tubal well when we um, search the Bible concerning these names it leads us back to Genesis in Genesis chapter 10 and and this, um, is a chapter that's coming after the flood and we read from Genesis 10 and I'll read the first few verses now these are the generations of the sons of Noah, Shem, Ham and Japheth and unto them were sons born after the flood the sons of Japheth Gomer and Magog well there there's Magog, he's the son of Japheth and it continues and Madiai, and Javan, and Tubal, and Meshach, and Tyrus. So we also have Tubal and Meshach that are mentioned in Ezekiel 38. And uh, it continues in verse 3, And the sons of Gomer, um, Ashkenaz, and Riphath, and Togarmah, and the sons of Javan, uh, Eliasha and Tarshish, Kittim, and Dodanim. Now in Ezekiel thirty eight we also read of Gomer in verse six Gomer and all his bands the house of Togerma and here in um, verse two Gomer was a son of Japheth and in verse three and the sons of Gomer, Ashkenaz and Ripheth and Togerma. So we have five names in Ezekiel 38 that are identified with Gog and Magog that are all found in Genesis chapter 10. Magog is one, Meshach is two, Tubal is three, Gomer is four, and Togerma is five five names that lead us to one chapter. That can't be a coincidence. Um, God is definitely directing us to Genesis 10 to understand a little bit better Gog and Magog and and the names that he's giving us. Uh, remember, Gog is the chief prince of Meshach and Tubal. It relates to Genesis 10, but how does it relate? In what way? Does it relate? Well, let's uh, read another verse or one more verse in Genesis 10, in verse 5. By these were the isles of the Gentiles divided in their lands, everyone after his tongue, after their families, in their nations. By these men, the sons of Japheth, God says the isles of the Gentiles were divided in their lands. And the the isles of the Gentiles is another way of saying the continents. When we read of isles in the Bible, it often points to the continents because a continent is surrounded by water and is just a very large island. And, And so God... Uh, refers to the continents or earth as isles in, in some verses. And, and so the isles of the Gentiles is the earth, the, the world itself of the nations was divided by these. That is God is linking the sons of Japheth, Magog, Tubal, Meshach, Gomer, Togermah, to the nations, to the Gentiles, as the word Gentiles and nations is the same word in the Old Testament. And that is what's in view. Remember in Revelation 20, in the verse we're looking at, I'll go back there quickly, it says in verse 8, and shall go out to deceive the nations, or the Gentiles, which are in the four quarters of the earth Gog and Magog Gog and Magog is a reference to the sons of Japheth and it was to the sons of Japheth that by these God says the isles of the Gentiles were divided in their lands so it's the four quarters of the earth it is all of the nations of the world, all the unsaved inhabitants of the earth that are a part of Gog and Magog. In Ezekiel chapter 39, a chapter where the Lord is describing the defeat of Gog and Magog, he says in uh, verse 6 of Ezekiel 39, and I will send a fire... "...on Magog, and among them that dwell carelessly in the isles, and they shall know that I am Jehovah." And you see, there's the reference to the isles, just as in Genesis 10, verse 5, that the isles of the Gentiles were divided by these. And and now here, God is indicating when he, he, he says, "...I'll send a fire on Magog, that is Judgment Day." will come to the nations of the world because they're dwelling carelessly in the continents, uh, upon the earth, in the isles. And he goes on to say, And they shall know that I am Jehovah. And there's that phrase we looked at some time ago, where of that day knoweth no man. Well, that's because man had not yet experienced it. But when Judgment Day comes, through the experiencing of it, they, Gog and Magog, or the inhabitants of the Isles, the Gentiles, will know that God is Jehovah, through the actual experiencing of His wrath in the Day of Judgment. So we, we see that's what's actually in view with this reference to Gog and Magog. Now Satan himself is typified by Gog, and Magog is all the Gentiles, uh, all the unsaved inhabitants of the earth. It, it, it's the similar picture to Pharaoh and the Egyptians, or the king of Babylon and the Babylonians, it, it, or the king of Assyria and the Assyrians. There are all uh, types and figures of Satan and his forces, of Satan and those that are within the kingdom of darkness uh, because they, they are unsaved. Well, now one other thing I'd like to look at is in verse 4 of Ezekiel 38. And there it says, And I will turn thee back, and, and God is speaking to Gog. And, uh, well, let me read from verse 3 so we can see that. In Ezekiel 38, 3, and say, thus saith the Lord Jehovah, behold, I am against thee, O Gog, the chief prince of Meshach and Tubal. And if you're the chief prince, it's basically saying you're the king. Uh, so Satan is the king, the evil king. And then God says in verse 4, and I will turn thee back and put hooks into thy jaws, and I will bring thee forth and all thine army, horses and horsemen, all of them clothed with all sorts of armor, even a great company with bucklers and shields, all of them handling swords. So the Lord is speaking to Gog, who represents Satan, and and telling him that he will be turned back once hooks are put into his jaws. Now the word hooks leads us to Ezekiel chapter 29. Let's go over to Ezekiel 29, and I'll start reading in verse 2. Son of man, set thy face against Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and prophesy against him and against all Egypt. So, God is speaking to Pharaoh, and we know that Pharaoh is often used in the Bible as a type and figure of Satan. It says in verse 3, Speak and say, Thus saith the Lord Jehovah, Behold, I am against thee, Pharaoh, king of Egypt, the great dragon that lieth in the midst of his rivers. And, And Satan, in Revelation 20, is called a dragon. So we're, we're on very safe ground understanding that Pharaoh here is a picture of Satan, the, the great dragon that lieth in the midst of his rivers, which has said, my river is mine own and I have made it for myself. But I will put hooks in thy jaws and I will cause the fish of thy rivers to stick unto thy scales and I will bring thee up Out of the midst of thy rivers, and all the fish of thy river shall stick unto thy scales. So, once the Lord puts hooks in Pharaoh's jaws and pulls him up out of the river, it will not only be Pharaoh, but also the fish of the river that come along with him. And that's just as in Ezekiel 38, with Gog uh, again, in verse 4, "...and I will turn thee back and put hooks into thy jaws, and I will bring thee forth and all thine army." So it's Gog and Magog that that is hooked, and, and God will uh, turn back as a result. Well, it, it goes on to say here in verse 5 of Ezekiel 29, "...and I will leave thee thrown into the wilderness, thee and all the fish of thy rivers." Thou shalt fall upon the open fields. Thou shalt not be brought together, nor gathered. I have given thee for meat to the beasts of the field and to the fowls of the heaven. Now, we'll see a little later on, um, or or if we would continue reading, in chapter uh, 39 of Ezekiel, that once Gog and Magog are defeated that they're given to the fowls of the heavens. So it it's very similar and we find um, the the same reference to God putting hooks in the jaws of Pharaoh here or Gog, both pictures of Satan. Now there's another reference to um the same Hebrew word in Second Kings chapter nineteen. In second Kings nineteen it says in verse 20, Then Isaiah the son of Amos sent to Hezekiah, saying, Thus saith Jehovah God of Israel, That which thou hast prayed to me against Sennacherib, king of Assyria, I have heard. Well, a little further on, um, and, and the situation here is that the Assyrians under king Sennacherib are coming against Judah, and Jerusalem, where good king Hezekiah is found, and the Assyrians have already destroyed Samaria, the unfaithful, rebellious people of God in the north, and now they're coming against the Jews of Judah. And yet God resists Sennacherib, because Hezekiah is a type of Christ, and the Jews, in this case, are a picture of God's elect, where Samaria was a type and figure of the corporate church. And it says in verse 27 of Second Kings 19, But I know thy abode, and thy going out, and thy coming in, and thy rage against me. And again, God is addressing the Assyrians led by the king of Assyria. And of course, that's a picture of Satan. And Satan certainly has a rage against God. And in verse 28, because thy rage against me and thy tumult is come up into mine ears. Therefore I will put my hook in thy nose and my bridle in thy lips and I will turn thee back by the way, by the way by which thou camest. And God did turn them back. They, they woke up the next day and there were 185,000 dead Assyrians. The, the army of Assyria was destroyed. They were all dead corpses in the morning and the king of Assyria had to return. He had to go back to his own land where he was assassinated by his own sons and, and so God Turn back. Satan is the spiritual picture. Well, how does that relate to what's going on in Ezekiel 38 with Gog and Magog? Well, Gog and Magog, remember, according to Revelation 20, identifies with Satan's loosing and the gathering of the Gentiles. And what happened when Satan was loosed? He came against the camp of the saints. He came against the churches and congregations of the world, and was victorious. Just like Sennacherib was victorious over Samaria. But then Sennacherib went too far. He thought because he had defeated Samaria, and and didn't they have the same God as Judah, that he could then come against Jerusalem. But but God made a point to distinguish between Jerusalem under Hezekiah and the Samaritans. And God defended his city and turned back the king of Assyria. Well, likewise, Satan was loosed and overcame overcame the corporate church. But when he tries to come against the elect people of God, God turns him back. And and that would be on the day of judgment and, and the prolonged period of judgment day that we're now in. Thanks for joining us for e Bible Fellowships Evening Bible Studies. You can hear these studies Monday through Friday over Pal Talk, Skype, e Bible Fellowships webcast audio, or over your phone.